So right now, take a nice breath in and center into that light. And I acknowledge that one life, that one power, force that is creating everything, the seen and the unseen. And I know that this one, this source, is a source of love and giving. It is a source of connectedness. It is a source of support, of life and wholeness. And I know that this source, because of all that it is, is all things. And so I know that my true nature, because of this oneness, is all of this spirit, this life, that I am made of, and I know that that is true for all, everything and everyone, is this love, this connectedness, this oneness, and that all are supported. And so I speak my word as I recognize this oneness. Hmm. And I know that especially this month, a month of graduation, a month of celebration, that there is a graduation happening, an up-leveling of all that is created. A time for more love, more connection, more support. That spirit is living through me and all there is in bringing more love, more connection, more support, more understanding as I am opened to a greater me, to more than I can be. And I'm so grateful for how spirit is expressing itself in life right now in me as I open my eyes wider, as I see deeper into all life, more acceptance, more allowing, more supporting, more love. I'm so grateful for how this is showing up in all beings. For this is the oneness that God is. And God is living as all right now, as one. I'm so filled with joy knowing that this oneness is expressing and demonstrating right now that this demonstration of love, 
of spirit on this planet is a blessing and a reason to celebrate. And so I release this into the law knowing it is already right now made so. And together we say, and so it is. So allow yourself to take those few moments to remember the truth of who and what you are. Jesus once said, um, if you're going to go to the temple and offer your sacrifice, if you're holding anything against your brother, go first to make it right with your brother uh, before you go into the temple. And so before I go into the talk, I need to make something right from something I said uh, a few minutes ago. And at the end of our little sharing and saying hi to everybody, Brent, or, uh, Larry Gillum had said, you know, love you, Brent and Amy. And I I turned that phrase and I, I took it personally. I'm, I'm feeling a little, my foundations are being rocked a little bit at the moment. And so I, I'm feeling a little extra vulnerable and extra sensitive. And so I, I took that phrase personally and I shouldn't have taken that phrase personally. And I regret having taken that phrase personally. And I want to apologize to Larry for not taking something that he just meant as a blessing to Brent and Amy who truly deserve to be uh, blessed. And so, uh, so Larry, I, I apologize to you and for anybody else who witnessed that and was proved that. And I know you probably set that down a long time ago and don't even care anymore, but on my heart, I just needed to clean that up. So thank you. So let's take a breath. I'm going to take a breath. Um, Month-long series called Mindfulness for Mavericks. And a maverick is one who doesn't follow the regular or normal path. I love, um, there's a quote by the actor Alan Rickman, who many of us lovingly know as Professor Snape out of the Harry Potter series, who uh, died about three or four years ago. Um, but he said that maverick is a word that appeals to me more than misfit. Maverick is active. Misfit is passive. And so if we're being mavericks, we're active. We're being actively something different. We're not following the regular normal path. And to be spiritually based leaders requires us to be mavericks, requires us. It calls for us because if, if we're going to be leaders, we can't be doing the same old, same old that we've always been doing. And so our talk today, our focus today is on mindful intention. Last week, we looked at just breathe. Next week, we're going to look at mindful speech and the week after that mindful actions. We're kind of taking, we're working actually out of several of the, um, the Eightfold Path, uh, Spiritual Path of Buddhism, uh, the Noble Eightfold Path uh, ideas. But we're going to look at mindful intention today. So to be effective leaders of ourselves and of others, and this time is crying for mindful maverick leaders, we have to have intentions, mindful intentions. We must have those. It's been said that sacred intention provides the direction for our time and life energy, the direction for our time and life energy, moving us from where we are to our next highest octave of consciousness. It is both the door and the process without end 
It's a process without end, moving us, unfolding through us to that which we yearn for, but can't yet even imagine. It is our deep desire to awaken. That is what a powerful intention, a mindful intention, speaks to, calls us to, connects with within us. In Emma Curtis Hopkins' works, which we're going to study in uh, the class Unveiling Your your Hidden Power uh, next month, her very first thing she says is, name your good. It comes back to, if I don't know where I'm going, uh, anywhere I'll do. Name your good. When we're willing to set mindful intentions, mindful intentions instead of ego-based intentions, we open to the flow of the universe. We open to it going through and as us and through and as our lives. We remember that there is one mind and we're using it. We're using it. We're not a bunch of individual little minds isolated by ourselves, even though it might appear to be that way. We are connected to one infinite presence and we're using it. And guess what? It's using us. It's expressing through us. It wants to be itself in expression in this form through us. And so we open and access the divine nature to let it take form. And so we began our series, as I mentioned last week, with Just Breathe. Breath connects us to our source. Breath connects us to the power of that source, allowing us to move through it. There's several creation stories where the divine breathes life into the human form as a method of creation. And so we begin by using breath to leave small mind and connect to universal mind. Once we do this, we can ask, what wants to come through me? What wants to come through me? Different than, what do I want right now to fulfill my needs? What wants to come through me? So what is an intention? A real sacred intention tends to be what we might call a God or universal quality. For instance, I might have a a call to lose weight. But why? Why do I have the call to lose weight? If I drill down, I might find that what I want is to experience the the divine quality of health, health and wholeness and vibrant aliveness and letting that life energy flow fully and easily through and as me. Now, losing weight might be a method or a process that I use, but until I'm in touch with that true intention, until I really get in, in aware of what it is that spirit is wanting to move through me, I'll just bounce from one diet and exercise program to another without understanding the why or the core purpose. And so that brings up, it's also important to understand the why of an intention. Why is this intention? Why am I passionate about this intention? Why am I being called to this right now? So in this example I gave, I want the full and easy flow of life through me so that Perhaps it's so I can express divine love more fully at all times. Perhaps it's so I can be a great parent or grandparent or a teacher or a minister or a spouse, whatever it is I might have. That's my passion. That's my heart call. Why do I want to be expressing this health? What does it mean to me? Once I understand the sacred intention and the why, then we're no longer fighting numbers on a scale or food cravings or lethargy and all that stuff. The call towards a process can help us find the underlying sacred intention. So let's take a more controversial subject and see if we can find a sacred intention under that, because I think it's important that we do this. And I want to be clear that this is about looking at the uncovering of intention from process 
and not about politics. Okay, take a breath. So right now there's a huge call for racial respect, racial equality. And there's a process being talked about that is called defunding police. And what that is basically is a proposal that's the idea behind it is to reallocate both funding and responsibility for things that really aren't police work to people who are better trained to and equipped to handle those things. Now, I'm not here to argue the pros and cons of that. That's not, that's not what we're doing here. But to see this as a process to bring about a result. And if we can clear away all the layers of hurt and fear and anger and all the stuff from that process, we might find that there's an intention, a sacred intention, a mindful intention of safety and respect for all people. This is a process we think might help with that. Some people think might help with that. But what we really want is safety and respect for all people. And hopefully most of us, or hopefully all of us, can support the intention of safety and respect for all people. Yes? Maybe a thumbs up if you're good with that. Safety and respect for all people. Even if we disagree with certain methods, when we can get clear on and align with the sacred intention, then we can start to be open. And we start to find solutions that work instead of staying stuck in the process and whether it's right or wrong, my way, your way, whatever, all that ego stuff that we get involved in. What is the sacred intention? What is the intention underlying processes? And if we can be wise religious scientists, if we can be wise new thought people and drill down underneath the surface layer and see what is it that's really being called for here? What is this really calling out? And then we can start to move into an area where we can start to create something that is effective in creating that intention. So intentions are not goals. Goals may support the expression of an intention, and we'll look at those in a couple of weeks, but where goals are specific and measurable, an underlying intention, an intention, excuse me, is the underlying purpose for the goals. I'll go back to our, our quote, that it is both the door and a process without end, moving us, unfolding through us to that which we yearn for, but can't yet even imagine it's our desire, our deep desire to awaken. So an intention is never completed. It's not a finite task. I don't sit there and one day sit there and go, okay, I'm going to check off. I've been the infinite love of God. I've been expressing God's love throughout the world. I'm done. Okay, that's good. What's next? What's my next check? That's, that's not an intention. We can't check it off. It's never finished. It's constantly unfolding through us in new and, and ever more wonderful ways. The paradox of mindful intention is realizing that it's already so in the infinite and I'm just bringing it more forward for expression in the finite. Health is already so in the infinite. Love and respect and safety are already so in the infinite. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, it is only the finite that is wrought and suffered. The infinite lies stretched in smiling repose. Take a breath. If we look at our new mission, purpose, vision statement for our center, and I'll, I'll, in fact, let me see if I can really quickly share, do a share screen and bring it up so we can all look at that vision statement. Our mission is to be an open, welcoming, and expanding community that learns, shares, and uh, learns, shares, and 
Um, excuse me, I, that is cut, word is cut off for me here. <laughs> and lives spiritual principles. Yeah, that living the spiritual principles. Our mission is what is ours to be. This whole thing is an intention statement. The mission is what is ours to be. The purpose, our purpose is to reveal our wholeness and connection with all that is. That is ours to do. Being, doing. requires We require both. And our vision to, is to live as love in a world of love is the end result, the intention, the why we are here. We are here to live as divine love. That's the capital L love. That's the taking personal responsibility to embody that divine love in all circumstances. That's a challenge. And then as we do, there's a greater experience and expression and revealing of, our, of the divine love that's in, that is the world that's already in the world. The paradox and the challenge is to see the appearance of discord, not discount it, to see it, and yet to see divine love simultaneously present to look past just the discord, to deal with the discord, but to not get caught up in the discord. What we put our attention on increases, and by seeing through the appearance of discord, to the reality of always present divine love, and every spiritual teaching says something to the effect that God is love and God is everywhere present. As we move through that, as we move and see what's present, so that divine love must be here somewhere. Must be here somewhere in all the circumstances. Emerson, I'll go back to Emerson again. It's only the finite that is wrought and suffered. The infinite lies stretched in smiling repose. This is already so in the mind of the infinite. As we work from that basis, that love is already present, we tend to bring out and increase that love showing up. We tend to bring it out. We tend to allow it to show up because that's what we're focusing on. And the discord, just like when you turn a light on in a dark room, begins to dissipate and and is no longer present. The light is present. And there's no big battle that has to take place. And I'm going to say that love is our biggest hunger as a species, love, to be loved and to give love is our biggest hunger, it's our biggest desire. So mindful intention becomes the cable that pulls us forward in sunny and stormy weather. That whenever stuff is happening around us, we can go to this intention to recognize, this is my sacred intention. This is my sacred intention. And allow that to pull us forward through all the discord. So this week, I invite you to do three things for spiritual practice. One, invite your mindful intentions to reveal themselves to you. That takes time of of mindful listening. You might want to practice some mindful breathing before you do that so that you can get connected with that self within you that is deeper and allow it to, to express and allow the name of your good to come through you as you name your good. The second practice will probably come automatically. As you name your good, as you, as you listen to this intention, notice the resistance. There will be resistance. When we go for our true vision, everything unlike it shows up for the purpose of healing and release. We just declared you know, a few weeks ago more love in the world and when we see a whole lot of what looks like not love. Really, it's a cry for getting rid of the not love so we can experience more love among all people. 
when we call for our intention, our finite mind will tend to get stuck in, well, that can't happen because I can't figure out how. I, the little mind, can't figure it out. And it's right. It can't. But we're not doing intention from little mind. We're doing intention from the large mind. We're doing the intention, the, the, that which we yearn for but can't yet even imagine. We're going for that. And that's the second spiritual practice is notice your resistance and walk through it. And thirdly, remember the capital T truth. You are I am, we are spiritual beings having spiritual experiences in human form. And that there is only one of us. That is the truth always. As my teacher said, and I've oftentimes quoted, if it ain't true of God, it ain't true of me. If it ain't true of God, it ain't true of us. And so we remember that that's the anchor that holds us in place as, as we state the intention, as our, as our resistance comes up, that's the anchor that holds us in place. So I invite you to do those three practices this week. Invite your mindful intentions to reveal themselves for you, through you, to you. Notice the resistance as they do, and then come back and remember the capital T truth. Are you willing to do that uh, this week? Play with those intentions. Yes. Thank you. I want to close with a quote, and uh, Brent and Amy don't race too much because this is a very, very long quote. So you can have a seat. Uh, probably when we do the affirmations is when you can, you'll have to. I just don't want to leave you hanging there. Um, and the quote I want to use is a statement that was that was released by the um, spiritually um, spiritually motivated social engagement community of our home office a, um, a week or so ago, and I sent it out as an email. But I want to look at this as an intention statement, as an, as a process of looking how this develops. And the title of it is Racism in the United States. And so right up front is the core position. Centers for Spiritual Living calls for it, racism, to end, exclamation point. That's our core position. That, okay, now you know what we're talking about. There's a statement following that. It's a statement of what is. We don't deny that what is is. So we, we start with the statement, this is what is. And it says in this statement of what is, we are grieving lives that ought to have not been lost. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmed Arbery are the most recent in a list of countless unarmed African-American and black people who have been murdered for the color of their skin over the past 400 years in the U.S. And I know that the U.S. hasn't been in existence for 400 years, that got pointed out to me, but in this country, in this North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, as African slaves were brought over, this is a long, 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 long history. Too many generations have suffered, and it has never been and is not now acceptable. That's the statement of what is. Then we move into something called denials, and, and uh, denials really especially were used by Emma Curtis Topkins, and again, we'll look at this in the class. But a denial is, this is what I don't want anymore. If I'm looking at my body and saying, I don't want this fat on my body anymore, this big fat belly, that's what I start with. I don't want to carry this belly around anymore. If I'm looking at my finances and I'm tired of being in poverty, it's like, I don't want poverty anymore. No more. It's not the truth of God. It's not the truth of me. It's out of here. So that's what this next thing is. What I don't want, it's pulling the weed of what's already there and saying, I don't want this in my, play, in my garden anymore. So it goes, we denounce racism in all its forms the starkness of unapologetic, intentional racism, the racism of silence in the face of injustice, the systemic racism inherent in our education, justice, income, and opportunity inequity, 
and the racism that lies hidden in our individual hearts and minds. That's the statement of what I don't want. And then we move to the statement of intention, what I do want. We envision a world where personal responsibility joins to a social conscience in every area of the political, corporate, academic, and social sectors. We value a community-wide climate of safety that arises from compassion, justice, mutual respect, and kindness. Therefore, we join our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, who, echoing the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., said, you and I should form the habit of taking definite time each day, this is a call to action, taking definite time each day to contemplate and affirm peace with justice, for there is no peace possible without justice. But faith without works is dead. We should not only pray, we should act, each contributing the best they have to the common purpose, each willing to make any sacrifice necessary, for there can be no individual self-preservation without the preservation of all. And then it moves forward into this mindful action again. We call upon ourselves. We're not finger pointing. We're not saying they got it. We call upon ourselves and faith communities in the U.S. to take action that shows that we have heard the cry of suffering and we own our responsibility for it. Whether that action is prayer, donations to organizations that promote racial justice, rigorous self-education, or active engagement, let not this moment in history pass unattended. May the actions we take be steeped in peace and respect for the sacredness of each life, knowing that whatever we do individually and collectively must be divinely directed from a higher consciousness. When we apply our proven spiritual principles through rigorous practices and compassionate action, the desired results cannot fail to demonstrate. Now that is a statement of intention. It's a powerful statement of intention about a powerful issue. And so I invite you to, to as you contemplate statements of intention in your life, to use something like that as a template. What is it that I'm really talking about here? What's the uh, What's the condition currently? What is it that I no longer want in my life? What is it that I do want in my life? What is the action that I'm going to take, the mindful action that I'm going to be taking? So take a breath. And we're going, we're going to do our affirmation as soon as I pull it up on the share screen, and then we'll have music. So if you'll say this with me, my intentions are clear and powerful. My intentions align with intentions of global health and wholeness. And let's say it one more time. My intentions are clear and powerful. My intentions align with intentions of global health and wholeness. And so it is. <laughs> 